Welcome to Clutch Time with Mike on the mic. It's your favorite mic recording your favorite podcast. I hope everybody's having a good Sunday. Hope everybody's having a good Sunday. Got a few things to talk about today. A few things, not too much, a little bit, a little bit. Um, so just jumping right into it. This past week, we saw two of the most decorated and legendary players in NBA history say their final goodbyes, Dirk Nowitzki and Dwayne Wade. Um, Dirk, last home game, he dropped 30 points. And his last official game in the NBA against Spurs, he dropped 20 points, hell of a career, 21 years. Um, one title, one regular season MVP, um, all types of records helped change the NBA, um, helped change a franchise. And, you know, he's he's hanging it up. So sad to see Dirk go, but, you know, 21 years. It's time for him to move on to the next chapter. Uh, Dwayne Wade um, definitely changed a franchise. You know, he kept the legacy of the great shooting guards going from Michael Jordan to Kobe to Dwayne Wade to whoever else you want to put in that that group. Um, he dropped 30 in his last home game as well. And then his last game against the Brooklyn Nets, my man's dropped a triple-double in three quarters. So it was definitely, definitely sad to see D-Wade go. I'm more partial to D-Wade than I am Dirk. Um, definitely wasn't ready to see D-Wade retire because he can still play. But as he said, you know, he just knows it's time for him to hang it up. He'd rather be walking like he is now than play three more years and not be able to walk the way he wants to. So, you know, sad to see those legends go. First ballot Hall of Famers for sure. But, um, you know, definitely salute to them. Glad to see that they get the end on their own terms. They both had farewell tours, um, you know, here in the NBA, which has become a big, a big topic over the last few years. Um, Kobe had a farewell tour. Tim Duncan didn't have a farewell tour, but you know, if you know Tim Duncan, that's 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 him. He just retired and he called it quits. Um, D Wade had his, Dirk had his. So I'm sure there'll be other players coming soon. I'm sure Vince Carter's is coming. I, I hope next year. Vince Carter's been playing for like three thousand years and he's still going. Um, but one thing I want to bring attention to is D Wade's last game in Brooklyn. D Wade's. Best friends, his wife was there. I don't know if his kids were there, but, um, you know, a lot of people came to see D-Wade's last game. Uh, most most notably, Chris Paul, LeBron James, and Melo um, were all there. And one thing that was said the next day was, you know, we see D-Wade's leaving. He got his farewell tour. We know LeBron will get one when he decides, you know, it'll be his last year playing. Um Nah, I don't know if Chris Paul really deserves one. Chris Paul's been one hell of a player, but, you know, compared to D-Wade and LeBron, Chris Paul ain't even close to that level. But that's another discussion for another day. Um, But my man's Carmelo Anthony. We don't know if he's going to retire. We don't know if he's going to try to come back and play one more year, if any team will even take him. And the more, the longer it's gone, the more that people has talked about it. Um, it is kind of, 
it is kind of sad to see a player of his caliber go out the way that he's going out. Um, I definitely think he would deserve a farewell, farewell tour. Excuse me. Um, Melo was definitely one hell of a player in his heyday. Um, but I think Melo's attitude is kind of the reason why he's not in the league now. I know part of it, all of it ain't his fault, but he's made some pretty bad mistakes along the way of his career. It kind of has him in the position he's in now. Now, anybody who's watched basketball, we know that Melo is one of the most prolific scorers to have ever played the game. Um, he could score with the best of them. He's got a scoring title. He's a 10-time All-Star. Um, six times he's made an All-NBA team. Um, Melo was box office to watch, you know. If I had the money back then to be all up in New York and at Madison Square Garden to go watch him play, definitely would have went. As a bad boy, and he's been a bad boy since the day he got in the league. Um, Melo was part of that 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 crazy, unreal 2003 draft class with him, Chris Bosh, uh, D. Wade, LeBron. Um, all of those guys is going to be first ballot Hall of Famers, and. Um, there was an argument that first year in the league, hell, maybe first two years. I, I don't know. There was an argument that you could have, that people could have made that maybe Melo should have went first overall. Because you remember, LeBron came straight out of high school, and Melo went to college at Syracuse and won a national championship. So it was evident that Melo had the talent, and I think talent wise, not talking about their overall game, not talking about their whole resume, but talent wise. Melo was right up there with LeBron, in my opinion. Um, some things LeBron did better than Melo. Some things Melo did better than LeBron. Um, I guess it was just, you know, what you wanted what you wanted in a player, which the, the Cavs wanted the hometown hero. Um, but for Melo in Denver, Melo, went, they went to the playoffs every year from his, his rookie year all the way up until he decided to leave. And Melo had his moments. Melo had the Nuggets looking like they were on the come up, maybe a, a, another player away from, you know, competing for a championship. You know, they got Allen Iverson and, you know, it didn't really work out. But once Iverson got traded and they had Chauncey Billups and some other pieces, the Nuggets were on their way. Um, that series in the Western Commerce Finals between the Nuggets and the Lakers was one hell of a series to watch, that battle between him and Kobe. So Melo was on his way. You know, he was definitely a superstar in the league, an elite player. Um, he forced his way out of Denver to go to the Knicks. And once he got to the Knicks, I really believed that that was when his career was going to take off, like he was going to start winning MVPs and, you know, competing for championships. We know that the Eastern Conference isn't as strong as the Western Conference. And really in the East, to at least get to the finals that we've seen over the years, you really just need one one big player, one superstar um, to get to the finals. You might not win the finals because you're going to need more than one superstar. You're going to need at least another all-star. But one, one great player could get you to the finals in the East. And for whatever whatever it was – it never worked out for the Knicks. Um, I think Melo was always great. You know, he was playing for a subpar organization, but um, I think part of the reason why Melo and the Knicks never got where they wanted to be was Melo 
for as good as he is, I never felt like Melo was a great leader. Great player, never a great leader. I always felt like he worried more about getting his numbers and doing what he does versus trying to make sure everybody else on the the, the team was was getting their buckets. Now, this works for some players, but it doesn't work for everybody. Um, and in Melo's case, it wasn't working. The Knicks, I mean, they were winning games, but what what dent were they making? They weren't. They weren't. I didn't fear the Knicks. I didn't think the Knicks were ever gonna were ever gonna overtake everybody in the East. I thought they could compete, but they weren't even competing. Um, even when Melo tried to take his game to unreal levels, if I'm not mistaken, I believe it was 2013. I think it was 20. Yeah, 2013. It was that the Knicks won 54 games. Carmelo even got a first place MVP vote. He's the reason why LeBron wasn't the first. Uh, he wasn't the first unanimous MVP. And I thought for sure that Melo was going to him and LeBron were going to have one of the most epic, most epic series ever. But Melo came up short against the Pacers, against Paul George and the Pacers. And then we know that the Pacers went on to give the Heat one hell of a seven-game series. Um and for Melo, I think after that season was where his career started to go downhill. Um, but let's rewind back. Let me, like I said earlier, when I was talking about mistakes. So I don't know if y'all remember, but or if y'all know, but with NBA contracts, generally you sign for um, – a four-year contract, and then usually in the fourth year or even in the third year, whatever the case may be, that team will probably try to re you up, you know, with an extension. And back then, usually that extension was like five years, $90 million before the cap, you know, the, the cap spike that they had a few years ago. So when it came time for the 2003 class to, you know, re-up and sign their contracts, LeBron was the one telling Melo and Wade and Bosch, to don't sign the five-year extensions, sign a three-year extension so you have more flexibility come free agency in the summer of 2010. Wade and Bosch listen, LeBron signed a three-year deal. Melo signed a five-year deal. And this is where the first big mistake of Melo's career happened because um, for all that Melo wanted to say, that he wanted to be in Denver and this, that, and the third, I think Melo's heart was always that he wanted to be a New York Knicks. So I think him signing that five-year deal got him stuck in Denver, and then he had to be the bad guy for a season because he forced his way out. He got traded to the Knicks. So he got where he wanted to be, but look at what the Knicks had to give up to get him. They gave up basically their whole squad to get Melo. So when he got there, that's why they couldn't compete because it was Melo, Amari Stoudemire with bad knees, and a bunch of other guys that I don't even remember. And Amari Stoudemire got $100 million, and he never amounted to Phoenix Amari Stoudemire. So there goes mistake number one. Um, then my whole problem with Melo is it seemed like Melo just wanted money. It, that might not have been it, but just coming from looking at it from afar and not – being in the inner workings of the NBA, it just seemed like Melo did everything he could to get as much money as he could, which there's no problem with that. Go get your money, but then don't complain because there's no money to sign other players. Um, 
Melo signed that five-year, I think it was like a $128 million contract. And with the Knicks when it was time for him to re-up. And part of the problem with that was Melo kept saying, you know, he wanted to win. He wanted to contend for championships. All that's good and well. If you wanted to contend for championships, this was in 2014. Let's think about it. LeBron has left Miami. LeBron has gone back to Cleveland. It's LeBron, Kyrie, and then they obtained Kevin Love. The next best team in the East that year would have been the Bulls. That was Derrick Rose, Taj Gibson, Joaquin Noah, um, whoever else was on that squad. And they, you know, he could have, Melo could have signed with the Bulls. Had Melo signed with the Bulls, then we would have watched the Cavs and the Bulls go back and forth for years to come. But Melo didn't want to take any kind of pay cut because he felt like, you know, he could do it on his own, which we come to see that he couldn't because the Knicks never made the playoffs. So, in my opinion, him not going to the Bulls and taking less money and going to a championship contender, you know, definitely stopped him from from etching his name in the history books as one of the the real, true, all-time greats because – you know, if he would have been the next superstar to bring a title to Chicago after Michael Jordan, they would have loved him in that city because the Bulls hadn't been relevant since Jordan left. That's going almost 20 years now um, at the time. So he could have went there and, and rewrote Bulls history with bringing them a championship to the city. Him, Rose, Todd Gibson, Joe Kim Noah, and, um, you know, like I said, whoever else was on that squad, that would have been one hell of a team to compete with. And them going up against uh, against LeBron and the Cavs, and anybody who knows watches basketball and has watched LeBron, you know, every time he's played the Bulls, LeBron has never been one to get off on the Bulls. Like, he ain't out here dropping 30 and 35 points on the Bulls. It's always been, um, you know, 20, 25 points. It was real tough on him. So with Melo there, now he got somebody he has to guard on the defensive end as well as him doing what he has to do on offense. We probably got a good good series for a few years to come. But Melo took the money. He stayed in New York. And the Knicks sucked. Like, they sucked. Like, Melo could have been so much more than what he was when he was with the Knicks. And, again, it's not all on Melo, but part of it, you know, is Melo's fault. Instead of taking the money, he could have went somewhere else and he could have did what he said he wanted to do, compete for championships. Then... He finally uh, had enough, and he got traded to the the Thunder. And I don't know about y'all, but I was shocked when I saw it. It Oh, man, it's Paul George, Carmelo Anthony, and Russell Westbrook. That's going to be something. And once Melo got there, Melo had to realize, like, that's Russ's team. And at this moment in time, when you went there – were you really better than Paul George? I don't know. So you were going to have to take a lesser role, which Melo, it just seemed like Melo didn't want to do. And, again, this is another part where you just kind of see Melo's career starting to just dwindle down because Melo still thought that he was the you know 28 points per game score in OKC when he wasn't. He, you know, missing shots. He just – uh, not playing the best defense. He wouldn't rebound. He never changed his game. Like, Melo was more of a, once I get the ball, the ball stops. We're not really passing the ball. I'm trying to go one-on-one on the low block. 
and I'm trying to score. And that just didn't work in today. They don't work in today's NBA. In today's NBA, ISO players, it it doesn't work. Look at look at the champions of the last few years. Now it's mostly been the Warriors, but they moved the ball. The year that Cleveland won it, they moved the ball. Cleveland autumn years in the finals. You know, they moved the ball. There wasn't really no ISO play. Now, I mean, Kyrie's an ISO player, but Kyrie would get the ball and the ball wouldn't just, like, it wouldn't completely stop. He's still trying to get to the bucket in rhythm. Melo would get the ball and face up with it and trying to hit that mid-range jumper or he was trying to bully you down, like I said, on the block to score, stopping the whole rhythm of the offense. So, Melo didn't last it that one year in OKC. Got traded to who was it? The Hawks. They didn't even. He didn't even had to go to Atlanta. They bought him out. He signed with the Rockets. That lasted all of maybe eleven games, and now he's out of the league. And even with the Rockets, look at to me that would have been that would have been a perfect system because all they want you to do is shoot. But Melo was getting the ball, and Melo was still doing the same thing. Melo was still trying to stop the ball and trying to go one-on-one instead of being in the rhythm of the offense. So it just, to me, as much as I love Melo, man, you got to look in the mirror and look at your career and be like, damn, if I would have maybe switched this or maybe if I would have did that, I might still be in the league. Because like I said, Melo's the first ballot Hall of Famer. Melo is is one of the greatest players to ever play. Um, but I feel like his career could have been so much more. He's literally the only one in that draft class to have never even made a finals. Not even made a finals. He's only been to one conference finals, and that was in Denver. He's only been past the first round once. He's only yeah, I think he's yeah, he's only been past the first round one time, twice in his career in the playoffs. That was once in, in New York and one time in Denver. So a player of Melo's Mello's talent and Mello's ability, for him to only been past the first round twice, been to one conference finals, never been to a finals, never even sniffed a ring, is beyond me. Now, again, is all of that on Mello? No. But is a bulk of it on Mello? Yes. Uh, I understand you want to play in front of the Knicks. But at some point, you got to realize the Knicks ain't trying to win, so it's time for me to go. I get it. You want to be loyal, but don't don't yell about wanting to be a champion and, you know, wanting to be this and wanting to be that, and you're just making bad mistake after bad mistake. So I hope that Melo's able to get on with some team. I still think Melo could be a starter in the league, like, there aren't there aren't that many players better than Melo. I don't know what team he'd start for. Probably not going to be a, a contender because um, they might want him to come off the bench. But I think Melo could go somewhere, and I would hope that he can stay put for a year and just announce, yeah, this is my last year. Get you your farewell tour, man. You're too good to not have one. You've been too too great of a of a player over the years to not get one. Um, you know, I hope things turn out better for him, but if he doesn't get back in the league ever again, and he just has to officially retire, um, in my opinion, it's always going to be the what if with Carmelo Anthony, instead of the look what he did while he was in the league. So 
Melo, I hope everything goes better for you. But if not, and this is it, and we don't ever get to see you on the NBA court again, and you did have one hell of a career, definitely a first ballot Hall of Famer in my book. Um, but, again, what if? What if? But um, that's enough about Melo. I just thought about that the other night, watching him pick up that ball like he's about to shoot it and watch how loud the crowd got and then him going to sit back down and then him getting the the last jersey of D-Wade's career. Um, it's put it in perspective of how great a player he was, but how much left or how much he left to be desired, in my opinion. So um, with that being said, we're going to take a quick break. We got a few quick hitters to talk about um, today. Sunday, like I said, always on Sundays, April 14th, we did see one hell of of a championship one that we haven't seen in, oh my God, almost 15 years. So we'll talk about that on the other side of the break. We'll be right back with more Clutch Time with Mike on the mic. All right, y'all. Welcome back to Clutch Time with Mike on the mic. Um, just a few quick hitters. Uh, real quickly, if y'all don't know, the NBA playoffs started yesterday. And Kyle Lowry is the sorriest NBA player I've ever seen. How do you play 34 minutes? You don't score a single point. Not a point. That man is getting paid $33 million a year, and he didn't score a single point. Now, most people will say, oh, that's just a blip on the radar. But if you really watch the NBA playoffs, you know that Kyle Lowry is good for this. Like, he's good for not showing up in the biggest moments, and nobody says a word about it. And I'm sorry. I'm sick of it. That man sucks. He's like the most overrated player in the NBA, yet he continuously makes all-star games. They tried to blame DeMar DeRozan all the years of the Raptors losing, and nobody said a word about uh, Kyle Lowry. This joker sucks. Like, he literally is like Jamarcus Russell and Smush Parker put together. That man sucks. I'm sick of seeing him. I hope Kawhi leaves. If the, if the Raptors were smart, they would trade him, release him, something. That joker sucks. Tired of talking about it. Um, One other thing. Now, like I said, the NBA playoffs this year are real different for me because my man LeBron not in it. First time in God knows how long. It's crazy. Um, But the one player that's got to step up this year, I need to see it. All that regular season stuff is great, and I get it, you know. But Russell Westbrook, it's your turn. I know y'all just lost today to the to the Trailblazers in Game One. Just, I mean, it's one game, but 
my man, you've been averaging a triple-double three years running now, and you got another all-star teammate. I need to see it, Russ. I need to see it. I need you to go into takeover mode or something. I, I don't want to see you out in the first round again. Um, truth be told, you really should be able to make the conference finals this year because Golden State is at the top and you guys are at the bottom. And if Golden State wins, if everything holds its chalk, then it'll be Golden State and Houston in, in the second round. And y'all can beat the Spurs or y'all can beat Denver and y'all should be able to beat the Trailblazers. So y'all should make the conference finals. And if it's the conference finals, all bets are off. I feel like with with you know a good game plan and you guys being efficient, y'all can beat the Warriors. So I need Russ to step it up, man. We we got to stop being regular season players. I need to see you take it to another level in the playoffs. That's where careers are made. That's where where resumes are are stamped and delivered. Granted, you know, you've averaged a triple-double for three seasons straight. That's all good and well, but I need to see some playoff wins, some playoff success. Can't keep being regular season players because as much as I get on James Harden about it, James Harden ain't been going out in the first round the last few years. He's been flaming out, but it ain't been in the first round. So let's see y'all get past the first round. And like I said, my expectations is at least the conference finals. If you make the finals, then by all means, if y'all make the finals, then I definitely think y'all can win it. You got the experience. So, Russ, time to step up, man. Um, James Harden, same thing, same thing. I need to see it. I'm sick and tired of seeing you flame out as bad as you be flaming out in these playoffs. Y'all jokers went 0 for 27. That's hard to do, man. Out here looking like Kyle Lowry. So, hopefully – Y'all can y'all can do big things and don't overlook the Utah Jazz. But if y'all beat them and y'all got to play the Warriors in the second round, y'all been beating beating up on the Warriors all year, and now you need to transition it to the playoffs. So let's see it. Um, and the last thing I want to talk about is my man Tiger Woods. Tiger, Tiger Woods, y'all. Tiger Woods literally is an icon. as one iconic athlete. He has made the, the sport of golf watchable. He makes the sport of golf debatable, being able to talk about it. He, I literally, when the Masters started this weekend or this week and then going into this weekend, you know, I was getting a little updates, keeping an eye on it. and. When I saw it last night, the Tiger was only, I believe he was two behind last night, if I'm not mistaken. And then today, I got the notification that he was in the lead. I I haven't been that hype in a long time. I immediately took my phone, cut on the Masters, and I watched from the 16th hole to the 18th hole to watch. Now, anybody who's been to a golf match, played golf, or watched it on TV, golf is boring to watch. But Tiger Woods makes it that more fun to watch. And I watched that man look like the Tiger Woods of old. He had that laser focus. He had on the red Nike shirt with the black hat. He had on his black shoes. And once he got the lead, he was up one, then he was up two, and he never let it go. This is his fifth Masters. This is his first major since 2008. 
So that's 11 years, and this is his first Masters win in 15 years, because well, 14 years, excuse me. The last time he won it was in 2005. Um, he's been through so much, the scandal with cheating on his wife, him getting arrested with the drugs and all of that, and the surgery, the back surgeries, knee surgeries, his lost confidence, all of that. And to see him come out here and do that today, man, shout out to Tiger Woods. And like I said, there is, in my lifetime, there's been a few really iconic, larger-than-life athletes, and he is definitely one of them. He's, like, up there in the the Serena Williams, LeBron, Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson, Muhammad Ali, that range of athletes. When I'm talking about iconic athletes, like, he he's up there. Like, he he's made a for, – for me – Tiger Woods started winning when I was in, what is this, 1997? Tiger Woods started winning majors when I was, like, in fourth grade. And just, it seemed like every time you watch SportsCenter, Tiger Woods is winning another major. And, you know, he rewrote the the record books for a lot of those tournaments. And he was the only reason why anybody even wanted to play golf. Me and my boy Darrow used to play uh, golf on the Wii. And the only reason we did was because we both liked Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods had his own game. And I'd even play the game just because of Tiger Woods. That's the impact he had on on a lot of people. So I'm so happy and proud to see that man um, step back up and win another major. I definitely hope he keeps it up. But um, when it's all said and done, you know, you can make an argument that you could put Tiger Woods on like the Mount Rushmore of of, of iconic figures or iconic athletes because um, – <sighs> I know he ain't got the title. Like, it's like Tiger Woods is like how we say in basketball, well, y'all say, I don't say, but how y'all say Michael Jordan is the best player ever, but Bill Russell has the most rings. Jack Nicholas has the most majors, but I don't think anybody would say he was better than Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods is is was that great. And to, you know, like I said, everything he's been through. I salute that man for everything he done came back from. I'm glad to see that that um he still got it. He's only 43, and, you know, golfers play forever, it seemed like. So hopefully this is the start of another run. Um, I don't know what Masters is next. Probably the U.S. Open, I would think, um, down there at Pebble Beach. So if he wins that, that'll be major number 16 and then the British Open and all of that. So – you know, shout out to Tiger Woods, man. Keep doing your thing. We see you. Um, and I really think that was it in the week of sports. I don't, I don't think I ain't seen nothing else. Um, shout out to my Longhorns, though. I watched bits and pieces of that spring game yesterday. Looked all right. We got some things to clean up, but hook them horns. Yay, yay. Um, Alabama looked. Oh, God, they look just as dominant as ever in their spring game. So did Clemson. So we might be going for Clemson versus Bama part five, possibly, maybe. Who knows? Um, as the NBA playoffs have started, uh, again, you know, at the end of the day, I want to see another team win, but it's looking like the Warriors again uh, for the championship. Um, but we'll see. You know, it's only April. We know the, the – the playoffs ain't over till June. Um, so we'll 
definitely keep an eye on that and hopefully some big moments. Like I said, Russ, James Harden, I need to see it. Giannis Antetokounmpo, definitely need to see you too. Um, Kyrie, I need you to show that, that this whole regular season wasn't a fluke and you still got it. Um, so we were in for a fun ride. We're in for a fun ride, but um, that's all I got for y'all today on Clutch Time with Mike on the Mic. As always, man, I appreciate everybody's support. And to everybody that's listened, if you've only listened to one episode or you've just shared my stuff, man, I had put up um, the other day on Friday. Um, I really appreciate everybody. We finally got to over a thousand listens total for all the episodes on Clutch Time with Mike on the Mic. So, again, I appreciate all the support. Now it's time to take it to the next level. So now we're going to start having some people on the show, some debates. Um, Definitely going to get some of my friends on here that I know are as passionate about sports as I am. And just have like a little debate show. Um, We'll still do the singular topics, but we'll have a little series of me debating versus somebody or having more than just me on the show, maybe two or three people have a little roundtable discussion. Um, to talk about whatever it is that there is that needs to be talked about. We might revisit some topics. Who knows? Um, and, again, I appreciate all support, man. Y'all, are, y'all have been fantastic. Um, and like I said last week, man, you know, love your, love your fellow person. Tell them you can love them while they're here. Give them some roses, whatever the case may be, man. You never know. Like I said, that Nipsey thing still hit me hard. Um, but this has been Clutch Time with Mike on the Mic. And just remember, man, the marathon continues. Y'all have a good one.